Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Do not, do not gamble on my picks. Do not take fentanyl. Those are two truisms. SI's Ross Dellinger. One year for every brisket stolen. 20 years in the pen. There you go. Send them all. And SI's Pat Forty. We're not acknowledging North Korea or the general. The general is out as ter- in terms of terminology. Cock commander is in. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod and... Uh, for those who observe, happy week one. We all observe on this pod. We made it. Probably. I don't like to make any assumptions. But if you're listening, you know, maybe we're trying to get a convert. They're always, the Presbyterians are always after me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. Pastor Conrad. I don't think he's a Presbyterian. I think maybe he's Lutheran. He I, I think okay. he's Lutheran. But we had the Presbyterians Lutheran. are hot know. after you. Ain't no doubt about we that. We have a lot of pastors, listen. <laughs> oddly. <laughs> really <laughs> oddly. Oddly. But anyway, week one is here. Uh, we've survived the offseason, and we're going to get to a whole bunch of that. We also have some different news. Big 12 opening their TV deal. So we're going to get to a whole bunch of stuff like that. And... Uh, Again, continue to subscribe. Tell your friends about us. The season's here. The season's a lot more fun with us. Yeah, and this. You'll, you'll get our very dubious uh, betting picks uh, in the race for the case later this week. That's right. Later this week, the uh, race for the case will come out. So keep an eye on that. You can take our betting picks uh, as you as you wish. Yeah, Ted Wetzel's already led one listener to near financial ruin. He had a rolling <laughs> with Wetzel parlay he put together that didn't go too well in week zero i believe it was only 10 bucks uh, but okay. right. knowing our listeners that could be <laughs> the difference yeah. right um i told them not to do it and i'm telling you not to do it do not run a parlay on my pick <laughs> any but of our picks you're a lot of bad decisions out there yeah. right yeah a lot of that's like yeah do not do not gamble on my picks do not take fentanyl. Those are two truisms <laughs> in life. I think pretty much life advice here from the it. podcast. There you go. Yeah, those two. Anything else? I could probably find an argument for, <laughs> but uh, not not those two. All right, week one is here, gentlemen. There are a million great stories, new coaches, new quarterbacks, new everything going on, and this is the game I wanted to play. We could we could have a little draft. You know, we love the drafts. What are you looking to see? What are you most excited to see 
this weekend. Could be anything. Could just be the action of a uh, of Ohio State Notre Dame. It could be this quarterback. It could be a new coach. Could be whatever. Could be the band. Could be to see if Purdue's still claiming their drums the biggest in the world when it isn't. <laughs> could be anything. So let's do that and let's start with Ross. You get the number one pick. What are you most interested in seeing this weekend? Uh, maybe it's because I'm covering the game and I just wrote a long story on the game, but super excited about uh, the brawl and, and the revival of the brawl after 11 years. Uh, and I'll be at whatever stadium it's called now, no longer Heinz Field, but uh, whatever field it's called, I'll, I'll be there on Thursday night and uh, just excited, honestly, just excited to be at a live football game and especially a game that, you know, is like dripping with so much uh, passion and intensity uh, that rivalry just like returning. So that's that's uh, that's my pick. I, I'm I'm pumped for the brawl. Uh, I'm my first pick. I'm I'm going to take the, actually the game I'm going to Notre Dame Ohio State. And gosh, I could go two directions on this, but what I'm going to say I'm most curious about this game is I want to see Ohio State's defense because I think Ohio State has a national championship offense. The question is, is there $1.9 million acquisition at defensive coordinator Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State, a guy that's a difference maker in terms of making the defense championship caliber? Could they beat an Alabama? Could they beat a Georgia? Could they beat Michigan in the Big Ten East? They got trampled last year by the Wolverines. They got socked in the mouth by Oregon. They gave up some yards and points to a lot of other teams and uh, Ryan Day basically said, he said, I expect a top 10 defense. He put the, put the gauntlet down. They have a lot of talent. They were young last year. Are they better? Are they good enough to have a defense that can go with that offense and challenge, I think, Alabama for the national championship ultimately? So I have a question about this, Pat. I wrote a column about Ryan Day this week. And how much pressure is on him with this team? You know, look, they go... First two years are in the playoff. They lose to Clemson, and then they beat Clemson, lose to Alabama, don't lose in the regular season, beat Michigan, the whole thing. Last year, stumbles. 11-2, and two, uh, lose to Michigan, lose to Oregon at home, and then lose to Michigan. Really get pushed around by Michigan. Kind of get pushed around by Utah, but they win at the end in the Rose Bowl, whatever. Ryan Day, what I love about him is he leans into these leans into the expectations and is just like, yeah, in, in a lot of places, that's a good season, not here. They clearly have the team that can either win it or at least play with Bama in the title game. They are 17 and a half point favorites over the number five team in the country. Now, maybe Notre Dame doesn't deserve to be there. Maybe they do, but like that, that's how good they are. But like, I, I just sense this slight bit of worry in Ohio State fan where it's like, we think this is going great. We think we have our guy, but. This is his team now, his program, his defensive coordinator. Can he do it? Like, do you do you get that sense? Do you think there's that there? I get that sense enough that I wrote a similar column this week. So there you go. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, I think that when when Ryan Day, I mean, it caught my attention at Big Ten Media Days when Ryan Day said eleven and two is a good season in a lot of places. It's not here. I mean, it's like whoa. Okay, the expectation is that high. And, yeah, okay, Ryan Day, <laughs> what Jim Harbaugh said was was a, a real shot to the ribs last year about being born on third base, but there's some factual 
backing to that. He inherited an unbelievable situation, one of the two or three best positions to be in for a rookie head coach in the country, and he's done very, very well, but he hasn't won a championship, and he's had a couple of losses that were pretty galling to their fans. The, the expectations are literally national championship or something went wrong, and that's awfully hard to work under and deal with, but... He put that there himself. I mean, he basically said, he said, our goals are to beat the team up North Michigan, win the Big Ten Championship, win the National Championship. Anything less than that's not a good season. Holy cow, Ohio State's had a lot of bad seasons. And you're setting the bar incredibly high. And the fan base, that fan base is ready to jump on. They, they're, they're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, we believe those are the standards. So I do sense that there is that concern. Do we have... Uh, a really good coach, but not a championship coach. Uh, maybe be the what the still the the wait and see there. He's I don't I think he's better than Larry Coker. But you remember when Larry Coker took over for Butch Davis at Miami, two thousand one, they win the championship. Roll two thousand two, they could have won the championship. Questionable flag against Ohio State, and after that, declining returns. And by two thousand six, he's out of the job. I, I don't expect that to be the case with Ryan Day, but. There's room at least to wonder. I went to a couple of Ohio State games uh, last season, and uh, you know, I, I remember just getting this sense that uh, it was during the regular season, since so before their playoff run. But I remember getting the sense that there was just no no confidence uh, from from Buckeyes fans in, uh, and I think it's because you know defensively. So uh, they're, they're obviously their their off season acquisition of Knowles is. Is huge and and that is that is something big. Certainly looking to watch early in the early part of the year. Did they did they kind of repair that defensive unit that was just so miserable? Because I I agree with Pat and that in, in you Dan about offensively. I mean they might be better offensively than Alabama. I, I, I hate seeing that out loud, but uh, they've just got incredible talent over there. So they've got the talent to yeah com- compete with them on that side of the ball. Uh, but do they have the talent to face some of these SEC defenses? Uh, I think that's a big question. Yeah, I, I just think with with Ryan Day, it's just this. This is it's very hard when your standard is win them all, or we better be in a fourth quarter matchup in the final game. I, I mean, I don't think they're going to be all that upset if they lose to in the title game. But and when you're going in, and let's say this game is, let's say Notre Dame's leading at half, like there's going to be like, oh no, what's going on? It's ridiculous. Notre Dame's defense is very, very good. Extremely good. Is the defense this good? Uh, tackle Jason Adamalola from Notre Dame said this with the media this week. We feel like we're the strongest, most badass motherfuckers in the country. All right. There's your bulletin board material. Uh, but I there do think go. Ohio or Notre Dame is really good on that side of the ball. So not a cupcake opener by any means. Yeah. So like a lot of the focus and pressure has been on Marcus Freeman, and there is some on him. And I'll I'll actually pick that as the thing I'm most interested in seeing, but I'll, I'll get to him in a second, so I'll morph into this. But, like, the other thing about as good as that offense can be, they talked about how the offensive line wasn't good enough last year. Physicality in the run game, he talked about. There were times they needed to run the ball. We didn't get it done. And so I just think this is still Woody Hayes' program. You've got to be tough. It's just Ohio State can't can't not be physical. And that's the question. So uh, it's not easy following Urban Meyer. No. It's nice to take over, 
But Urban Meyer is probably the second, maybe third best coach of this generation. Depends what you think of William Christopher. But, uh, you know, I just think there's a, there's, this is going to be a fascinating season for Ryan Day. When you got to sit there and go, we got to win them all. Yeah. And they better come out strong. Will they Saturday? You'll find out race for the case. But my, my suspicion is yes. But that's a lot of pressure. So I'll switch to the other side, the other sideline there. Marcus Freeman. Expectations much lower. I don't know if anyone's going to care if they lose, although all Notre Dame fans will always care if they lose. But you're walking into opening night, new quarterback, 100th anniversary of Ohio Stadium, 20th anniversary of that uh, Ohio State team to beat Miami and the, uh, and the late flag. Huge night. But this is a big game for Marcus Freeman. I look at this season as he has to show that as a first-time coach, he can coach. And he will maintain the credibility on the recruiting trail, maintain his recruiting. There will be a ton of recruits at this game. They're all there for Ohio State, but a lot of those guys, Notre Dame's also targeting. So however well Notre Dame plays, they're playing in front of uh, many of the best players in the country also on Saturday Night Live. So I think there's a I'm very interested to see what this Notre Dame team can be. How good is Tyler Buckner at quarterback? Does Marcus Freeman have the chops that you just never know when any of these high profile assistants similar to Dan Lanning at Oregon, similar to Brett Venables at, at Oklahoma and other places? Man, he is personable. He is likable. He is a great recruiter. There's no doubt they're going to be motivated and play for him. But can you walk in and have a game plan that can compete against Ohio State in this? I don't know if they got to win, but you sure don't want to get blown out uh, right off the bat. So that would be uh, that would be my choice of what I'm most looking forward to see. You know, usually the pressure's on the you know the fav- the big favorite, but almost in this game, I don't know. Maybe I mean we just talked a lot about Ohio State and in uh, maybe cracks here and there, but you know I don't know that the pressure is not on. Marcus Freeman in this game, I agree. Like it's just, uh, I mean, how how would you like to be? You know, your first year head coach, you're you're ranked number five, and your first you know true regular season game is is at the number two team in the nation. I I um I I can't think of that being something that <laughs> has happened before with a first year coach. Maybe it has here and there, but um, yeah, that that's some serious pressure there, especially after they lost the bowl game and in the way they did. Yeah, I, I I was on the second best podcast in America earlier uh, today, Tony Kornheiser's podcast, and uh, he was asking, said, what if Marcus Freeman loses by 30? I was like, eh, it'd be pretty bad. But, I, I you know, I think that you, you do look at the way he's recruiting and nobody's going to panic uh, uh, too soon about uh, his future tenure. Yeah, I think it's, it's fine. We don't want to put him on the hot seat no, no. Uh, before he's even coached, but. Huge showcase game. This this thing will have a massive television rating. It will be one of the, uh, you know, two, three, four biggest games of the uh, regular season easy. And um, there's a huge opportunity for Marcus Freeman. And I don't know that he has to win to really make a great impact. Right. So that's that's a little bit nicer spot to be in there. Ryan Day, where you probably need to win uh, handily um, to satisfy Ryan. All right. What are you second most excited about? <laughs> Gee, maybe this maybe this bit isn't as as, as exciting as <laughs> the uh, second it's, round. Bit. It's like a draft, huh? Uh, 
Yeah, uh, we're drafting. Snake draft. We draft yeah, there everything. We, go. Uh, we do oh, a lot really of draft. draft. But yeah. You know, uh, well, there's two games that kind of stick out to me, but I'll, I'll just pick one. Um, I'll say the, the Utah-Florida game is, uh, is really, really intriguing to me. You know, Utah, highly ranked, got all these high expectations during the season after the Pac-12 championship year. Got a lot of guys back, including the quarterback. They've been just like this tough, hard-nosed team, but they've struggled early in the season. They've, they've had slow starts, it seems like, in the past. And they have to travel across the country and play in, well, you know, quite literally a swamp, Gainesville, Florida, in early September. Uh, I would imagine kickoff will be 85 degrees and 85% humidity. So uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. And then on the other side, you've got Billy Napier, you know, taking over a program uh, that, you know, had, had a, has had a lot of highs the last several years and has had equally as many probably lows. And uh, he's got a staff of a billion people it would seem. And I wonder, I don't think the talent is there yet. A lot of folks around Gainesville would, would, will tell you like they're not there yet, but I'll be honest. I, I just, um, I, I foresee a, a rowdy kind of crazy environment down there, sticky environment down there for Utah. And I'm just really intrigued on uh, how they will handle that. I am fascinated by the, uh, by that game as well, because I, I think that Utah has a big chance. I think that they could end up being in the playoff picture if they win this game. So they they've got a shot at it, I think. So I'm 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 super excited and interested in seeing them. And then yeah, how does how does uh how does Florida look in a new era as well? For me, the, my, my next pick pick Well, oh, all I want to add one okay. thing to that. Right. I'm dying to see Anthony Richardson yeah, yeah, for sure. mm. under Billy Napier. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. and that's the Florida quarterback. Everyone wanted them. His 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 obvious talents, uh, or should I say, his talents are obvious. There was no question he was a he he could be a game breaking player. Uh, but under Dan Mullen, he struggled to get past Emory Jones on that. Napier has complimented him on a couple things this offseason, which I found very interesting. Uh, and I don't know if this is just how Napier talks or not because he's kind of new to new to the high major football, but he. I guess he asks a great deal of his quarterbacks. He talked about his discipline uh, in every single day preparation over the last like six months, like all the different stuff he has to do. And he talked about his love of the game. And I thought both of those things were really were interesting to hear from a coach. So he's very high on what, you know, put it this way. He's not just saying, man, he's running well. Like, yeah, okay, I got that. Um, or boy, you can really do this. It's it's some stuff that's a little deeper. So that's what that's what Napier's bringing up, Billy Napier. So that uh, as a subset, I want to see who wins this game, and it's a huge one for Utah, as as Ross said. But how good is how good is Anthony Richardson? And how good can he be? Because that's an X factor for the entire SEC season. I think. How sorry, big Pat. is Absolutely. the game for Utah? The local media there. Sorry, Pat, but the local media there. I, I remember had a story, and like the headline was the biggest season opener in Utah football history. <laughs> it's incredible. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's saying Probably something. Is, I, right? I would posit that one that I covered actually the, in 2004 against Texas A&M and Urban's second year when they smoked Texas A&M with Alex Smith, at quarterback, and went on to go undefeated and launched Urban Meyer's career. In retrospect, might be bigger, but going in, this one's probably their biggest. All right, my second draft pick, I'm going to go with, I want to see the the reigning national champions. I want to see what Georgia looks like. Can you pull an Alabama, basically, is the question here. 
Can you lose five first-round draft picks all on defense and come back the next year, win a division, possibly win a conference, possibly make the playoff, possibly compete for another national championship? That's Alabama-level stuff. That's stuff that other teams are not usually able to do. Can Georgia do it? Is this Kirby Smart's next step in building the next Alabama? Uh, They're playing Oregon. Very good opponent with a good offensive line with some really good players in the defensive front seven. Dan Lanning will know the strengths and weaknesses of Georgia's team and how Kirby Smart likes to coach and what he doesn't like. So he will have Oregon ready. I don't think Oregon's good enough, but I am intrigued just to look at the dogs and see how they uh, come in after winning a national championship last year. Agree. Fascinating game. Oregon last year, different coach, but they walk into the horseshoe, beat Ohio State this year. They go in, can they go into Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta and do the same? Um, and yeah, is there any kind of hangover with with Georgia? Dan Lanning, what do you bring to the table? Uh, again, another really big game for the Pac-12 as a conference uh, playing down in uh, in SEC territory. I am second most excited. With the sixth pick in the excitement draft, Dan Uh Wetzel takes. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear, I want to see Brian Kelly and his family (laughs) visiting. No. I want to see Brian Kelly's LSU Tigers Sunday night against uh, against Florida State. Kelly won't reveal his starting QB. Some of these things are so dumb. A lot, of, a lot of coaches not revealing their starting QB. Yep. But I'm, I think it'll be Jaden Daniels, but we'll see. Could be Garrett Nussmeyer. Probably not Hawk, uh, Walker Howard, uh, but we'll see. But I, I just want to see what this is all about. Uh, Kelly's an exceptional football coach. Won two national titles in Division II. Led Cincinnati to undefeated season. Got Notre Dame to a BCS title game and two playoffs. The guy can coach football. There is a ton of talent still at LSU. I don't think... It's going to be an instantaneous thing with him this year, but there should be marked improvements. And I'm just, I think the, the Brian Kelly at LSU thing has been a fascinating storyline since, uh, since it popped up out of nowhere and he bailed on Notre Dame while the season was still technically going. So that's the one I, I want to see. I know you'll be there, Ross. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for that one. I'll go the opposite sideline though, in uh, you know, stay in that game and, and say that Mike Norvell, Right has uh, seems like all the pressure in the world on that one. That one just seems like a huge game for his tenure at uh, tenure at Florida State. Uh, I you know I, I know a lot of FSU fans will probably be making the trip over there, and and that one just seems it almost to me, and maybe it's not a good comparison, but it almost seems like the <laughs> Northwestern Nebraska game for for Scott Frost, uh, which obviously failed miserably. It, it seemed kind of seems like that for. For him, I know that he's not maybe on a super hot seat like uh, like like Frost is, but uh, I I do I, I think that's a big game for him. But obviously, you know the stuff going on with Brian Kelly and LSU has been, as you mentioned, Dan, like just such a huge storyline over the year. Everybody, it's so much talk about this uh, marriage uh, between this uh, you know northeastern. A uh, guy who's only worked in the Midwest, Northeast, coming down south, and and leaving, you know, first coach to leave Notre Dame in over a hundred years um, voluntarily. So now we actually get to see on the field, and you know, the the quarterback stuff is kind of silly. 
Uh, we picked our starter. We don't know to name it. But I think from most of camp, it it seems like that that Jaden has had Jaden Daniels has had the edge, uh, uh, the quarterback kind of dual threat, fast quarterback from uh, Arizona State. So I'd expect that. But yeah, you never you never know. I know they like the Garrett Nussliner kid a lot as well. So uh, maybe we see them both. All right, is that your third round pick, or do you have a set? That's your third round pick. Yeah, we'll go with that's my exciting third okay. round pick. Pat, who's your third round excitement <laughs> draft? Third round pick. Um, I'm going with Fake Drum University hosting Penn State Thursday night. Oh. We got two really good Thursday night games, but I think they're both going on at the same time, which is a little bit irksome. But you got the backyard brawl, but then you've also got Penn State at Purdue. I think it's a, a certainly it's important for this season, but almost a bit of a referendum game on on where is James Franklin's tenure going at Penn State? Uh, he's 500 the last two years. Seven and six last year, four and five in that weird COVID season. So the, the thought was to give him a, a mulligan from four and five, but then with the mulligan, he went seven and six. He, not, he, he went, hit the ball out of bounds off the tee. So uh, I think there's some definite proving that needs to be done there despite the fact they gave him another another contract extension because he was batting his eyes at usc so that was the mel tucker that was the mel tucker windfall across the midwest <laughs> yep, yep. that's yeah. right good trickle good down even down yeah. south mel to, tucker uh, was Baton a personal Rouge. stimulus plan <laughs> for all coaches yeah. yeah so you know penn state's going in hey we have seen purdue as a home dog do some stuff Okay, like they have pulled some upsets. They have they they beat the heck out of Ohio State a few years ago. Last year, they beat Michigan State. They beat Iowa. Uh, Jeff Brom put him in the home situation as an underdog. He's got a really good quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, sixth year guy, married. This is like the oldest quarterback matchup in college football history. Sean Clifford has been <laughs> at Penn State since Joe Paterno era against Aiden O'Connell, who's like six year guy who's married. So. Uh, who gets the better quarterback play? Whose defense steps up? Penn State, are you still relevant or not? Let's see it. It's like the Brady Breeze game in the NFL a couple years ago where they're like, just who'd you vote for in uh, Bush first Gore, right? They're like, those, those are older ones. <laughs> Great pick. It's the Joe Buck game. Ah, uh, yes. The game that Fox traded Joe Buck to ESPN for. To get this game, when a great Joe Buck not in attendance is an absolute disaster. It is the fake world's largest drum. We know that it's not true. Korea, South Korea has many drums bigger than Purdue. They're liars. <laughs> it is also taking place in a part of Lafayette that should not be deemed West Lafayette because Lafayette's not big enough to have a West. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. Wetzel's arrogance, long-standing oh, beefs with pile, Purdue are coming yeah. out. You are piling it, it, it on it, the poor a, Boilermakers. Ah, oh, they're secretly arrogant. They seem like nice, smart people, engineers. We're astronauts, but they lie about their drum and they claim this part of town is just the West just because there's this little creek running through it. It's a two. You can't have a West in a little teeny town. Come on, man. The two is it the typical like River, West right? L.A., but they got a hell of a team. Yeah, they got a shot here. So anyway, uh, those are my objections to that. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. 
Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, I want to see the scene at Appalachian State. That's right. That's how excited I am for this Appalachian State hosting North Carolina game. I'm going to double it up, and I want to see the scene at East Carolina when they play NC State. Oh, yeah, that's good. I love this double dip. Both at the same time, noon, that will not stop the over-intoxication in Boone and Greenville Saturday morning. NC State visits East Carolina. North Carolina visits Appalachian State. Fired up. This is the first week of college football should be all about. Big state schools visiting smaller ones, not afraid to play. Uh, And I really want to see both how good NC State could be because they are a dark horse playoff contender. And I want to see what North Carolina's got because they really weren't that impressive against a Florida A&M team that like literally isn't sure their school wants to play football. (laughs) (laughs) I was just... (laughs) Not really the most exciting performance in week zero by the Tar Heels and Mac Brown. What? Guess what? Appalachian State wants to play football on Saturday. Oh, yeah. So here we go. Absolutely love uh, these two games. I'm, I'm excited for, for these two. It's a good I call. Like it. All right. Great, great call. picks there. Great picks. And, great. and that was my trap. Uh, that was my trap game for NC State, man. That East Carolina team. I mean, they're, they're not, they're not terrible. And, uh, North Carolina, I uh, isn't this Pat? Wasn't this like one of the like two or three road games they play at Group of Five teams? That too, they, they played this, and then they're at Georgia State back to back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bizarre. All right, round four and last round. We'll think this is the last round. Uh, oh, the Bearcats of Cincinnati uh, playing at Arkansas. Can they go in uh, with? Right, they lost top quarterback. Lost. Top running back uh, and lost top receiver too, right, Pat? Uh, basically all, arguably. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, they, I mean, they, so a lot of hype around the Razorbacks. Uh, will be a rowdy atmosphere. I think that game. I think that game is a night game, but um, it's, uh, it's so I no, think it's, it's four o'clock PM game. Three thirty, three thirty, yeah. But it, it'll be a rowdy atmosphere. A lot of hype around Arkansas after the nine wins last year. I think they return. For, I mean, virtually everybody, seven, eight starters on offense and KJ Jefferson, the quarterback. So, but can Cincinnati go in kind of a rebuilt new Cincinnati team? Can Luke Fickle kind of keep up the, uh, the consistency? Can they, can they remain consistent and go in and knock off, you know, a, a team that I think a lot of people believe uh, will once again, win, you know, eight, nine games in the sec in, in Arkansas. So I'm, I'm watching the Bearcats. Good call there. I, I I am be super curious about that game, and then starting with who the quarterback is for uh, for Cincinnati. But all right, my my fourth round pick. Well, hold on, hold on. Oh. I got one thing to say. Okay. I I came across this story watching CBS Sports uh, Network their their show uh, their weekly show. My man Brian Jones and all those guys. New Heisel's on it. Uh, it's a good show. Uh, I think it, I think it runs every Tuesday night. They had Sam Pittman on this week. And they brought up a question that somehow it escaped me that Sam Pittman, when he played at Pittsburgh State in Kansas, mm-hmm. there's a picture of him at the spring game 
sitting on the bench and he brought a cooler full of beer. What? While he was a player? He was a player. What? He, he, he's sitting there. There's a picture of him. He's got this little igloo cooler, <laughs> which you've all seen and probably own. And then he's got a silver bullet, a Coors Light at his feet. <laughs> now, he what said a guy. Two, <laughs> he's got beer on the side. Now, it's Pittsburgh State spring game. I don't even know what this <laughs> what this would entail. They've actually been pretty good players out of Pittsburgh do. State. The gorillas. He, he just said that he had just had ACL surgery, so he was out of the game. So he, he, he wasn't supposed to play, but he wanted to play. So he got out there for like one play or something and just said, don't block me. <laughs> kind of weird. And then he sat on the bench and he Drink told everyone beer. he brought his igloo with beer. <laughs> he said, hey, I'm going to sit over here and drink some beer. You guys are more than welcome to come over and do it with me. <laughs> so I sat there and had a few drinks. That is Sam Pittman. Legend. Oh. Uh, he can't continue soaring up the ranks in uh, favorite coaches. I mean, that dude, that's awesome. Bring your own course <laughs> light to the Pittsburgh State ring game. And drink it in uniform. I love the, what is it, a, is it a fountain? He's got in his yard of a massive hog. Oh, yeah. Uh, just <laughs> yeah. this massive, like, metal hog, and it shoots water, I think, out of its mouth into, like, a yeah. some kind of area, pool area. I mean, the, yeah. the, this, this statue thing, it's humongous. Yeah, yeah. He wanted said they wanted to like kind of approximate the slobbering hog, you know. I mean, it's just uh, he's beautiful. He's awesome. I love that. Story. All right, your pick. All right, my pick. Not quite that good, but another place that's got some colorful characters, a little bit of you know character to it. I am going with the Option Fest in Myrtle Beach. That's going to be Army at Coastal Carolina on the teal field. You're going to get the traditional Army uh, option against the little bit uh, more modernized uh, spread option of Coastal Carolina. And you get my favorite quarterback, Grayson McCall from Coastal, who not only broke... This is Teal. Yeah, that's it. He not only broke the, the, the FBS single-season pass efficiency record last year that had been held by Mac Jones and before that Joe Burrow, he had a chance to go to several different schools as a transfer. He stayed, and in his trans in his statement that he was staying, he said, "I piss teal." How do you not you can love buy the shirt a, now? Yeah, yeah, a mullet wearing quarterback who puts too much eye black on his face and says, <laughs> "I piss teal." That's my guy. Yeah, that's we a great love one. coastal. And his yeah, I, I I love everything about coastal. It it's uh it seems like a fun place to play football it really does uh and ja and i think jamie chadwell the coach brings a brings a lot of that and he's a guy that routinely before the season starts you know you kind of talk to a bunch of agents about coaching candidates out there and jobs that might open and he's one that's been talked about now for a couple of years you know tennessee interviewed him i know uh, last year and he's he's wanted some um he's wanted some big jobs and it'll be interesting to see uh if they both go out together after this year, quarterback and coach, if this is the year that finally he can uh, get another gig. I'll go speed round on my pick since it's the last pick. Okay. I Very am good. interested. Uh, I am interested in seeing Cade McNamara from Michigan. This is the, the QB Derby up there. I expect he will do very well uh, against Colorado state. Uh, I am interested in the Memphis Mississippi State game because I just love that local rivalry there. 
think Mississippi State should handle them, but kind of an interesting year for, for Mike Leach, but I love a good backyard brawl. Uh, I am interested in seeing whether uh, how Spencer Rattler does uh, for the South Carolina Cock Commanders <laughs> when they host Georgia State. <laughs> Spencer agrees with us here that the, the he thought the term should be Cock Commanders, not the general. So which weak. South Carolina trotted so out there as the boring. name of their. The the general is an is an like a cheap auto insurance company <laughs> that Shaq makes funny commercials for. <laughs> Actually, not really very funny commercials about in that. my opinion. Ah, no, when he's driving in the car with the general, no, it's no. pretty funny. That's funny. Shaq in a car is funny, and the general's driving. I think. I I, I don't you remember. Think who's Shaq driving. would take the wheel. Yeah. I think Shaq would take the wheel. They named Sir Big Spur is now called the general. It is horrible. Yeah. That uninspired. We refuse to acknowledge it. We're like one of those countries. We're like in the UN where we do not <laughs> acknowledge that country. <laughs> That's right. We're not acknowledging North Korea or the general. The general is out <laughs> as ter- in terms of terminology. Cock commander is in. Cock commander is in. But I'm not picking them. I'm going cross state and I want to see what Clemson does at Georgia Tech. I want to see what DJ Ungolay does. Year two is a starter. Last year, a lot of hype. Got the Dr. Pepper commercial. Not so good. This year, how good are you? This is uh, one of, I've, like, I've used the term X factor like three times in this already. But talk about an X factor. How good is DJ Ungolay? Because if he's really good, is he's good as we have seen at times, if he's consistently good, Clemson's a national title contender. If he isn't, this is going to be a wild season up there. There we go. Speed round. I, we've covered, uh, I don't know I like how it. many games there, there a dozen, more than a dozen games maybe, and there's still more we could do. So yeah. it's going to be a still fun, more. fun weekend. Boise it's State, Oregon fun, State. Fun weekend. Yeah, so many good games. There's literally just so many fun games going on. What's Michigan State like this year? Is can Illinois keep running? I mean, it's this is awesome. This is an awesome week. It will not be as good next week. That's the No, problem. I was about to say, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're in for a letdown next week. Next week is, is brutal. They should have sprinkled some of these out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, would have been nice. But uh, anyway, that's where we're at. Uh, Houston at UTSA. I think Houston can be the best group of five team this year. I agree. I don't think they can get Cincinnati into the playoffs because they don't really have a a great schedule like Cincinnati did last year. But uh, I think there's potential there. So, yeah, so many good games. All right, let's talk about this, though. Speaking of Houston, Big 12 has opened its uh, television uh, negotiations with Fox and ESPN early, uh, which I think takes a little bit of an advantage that the Pac-12 currently enjoyed off the table. Uh, Ross, what do you know about this? Yeah, um, you kind of wondered if that was going to happen. The the, uh, the negotiating window for the Big 12 is not the contractual window. It wasn't until spring of 2024. So it was a year and a half away, and you, you maybe felt like, uh, how was the Big 12 going to go a whole year and a half just kind of sitting there with the Pac-12? who has seemed to be their suddenly their battle, like a competitor, you know, rival, whatever for poaching teams it, it, while they are sitting there negotiating themselves because the PAC 12 moved up their negotiating window. So it's kind of like, you know, PAC 12 fired the shot, big 12 fired it shot a month later. And so they're both going to be negotiating with the networks, um, which is probably best for the networks, uh, right? They, the networks now have two conferences that in a way want 
member one one each other me, others members in a way, especially Big Twelve to Pac twelve, and now the networks kind of can pit them against each other. Uh, say, hey, we know here's the, here's the amount of money that we have to spend, so to speak. So I think the networks are the are the big winners in this, and the networks being Fox and ESPN. They're both the big partners with both of those leagues, and and so uh, some busy time over the next few months for for uh, the networks as they you know as they juggle how how big of a piece do they want of the Pac-12 in the Big 12 and I'll say one other thing that is significant about all this uh is Texas and Oklahoma's exit from the Big 12 I think it is tied uh or it could be tied to um the Big 12's new media rights deal um you know if they can work out something in exchange of whatever with with ESPN to let uh, to negotiate with with Texas and Oklahoma to let them out maybe a year early in 2024. Uh, so that that's the to me that's the biggest thing on this is that we might have some resolution in that uh, earlier than we expected. Yeah, I I agree. That's a significant dynamic to this. Um, is is does that change the timetable for Texas and Oklahoma? The other thing, couple things <coughs> to me. First of all, first like tangible. Big move by Brett Yormark. Okay. He came in and he was yeah. talking, look, we're going to shake things up. We are going to be aggressive. We are going to go, but we are open for business. Now we're seeing what he means. Okay. It's like, because he see he, the first thing he said, he skipped all the blather about student athletes, academics, mental health, you know, da, 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 all the stuff that we're used to hearing and said, the most important thing is the next media rights negotiations. Well, now we're go- we're fast forwarding into it, and we we are going to get up next to the Pac-12, and we're going to play compare contrast, and so that's going to be the interesting thing. Well, how do the numbers come back? And if you're throwing them out there for both both conferences to look at, is there a significant enough difference either way that moves the needle and changes the alignment and possibly kills one of the two conferences? Uh, so this is an acceleration, I think, moving forward of, of the whole realignment uh, potential structure, depending on what comes out of this. Really a significant, interesting move, I think, by the Big 12. And, and each league is going to let, let it leak out, at least inside internally, what their negotiation is. And I'm going to tell you, that's an inducement, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> inducements <laughs> we need guardrails uh, next thing you know one of these schools is going to enter the transfer portal right out of an entire conference <laughs> based solely on money we need guardrails uh, this would be terrible yeah. where's congress an inducement they're just sitting there saying I can make more money we don't care if our Softball team has to play in East Lansing now. Don't you fly from L.A.? It's all about money. Tuberville, save us. <laughs> uh, wild West. Uh, wild West. Wild, wild West. It's an inducement. Nobody is screwing college football up more than the people in charge of college football. <laughs> it's not the players. That's true. It's not Spencer Rattler and his two cars. Speaking of money, the uh, what's been fascinating about this whole Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, uh, you know, public barbs that we're we're seeing over the Big 12's pursuit of Pac Twelve teams, which I think was overstated. 
you know, over this summer. I don't think it's quite as serious, although I guess it might get there depending on media rights stuff. But what's been fa- really fascinating with are the dollar figures that you're seeing or hearing. You know, Big 12 said it's, says it's more valuable than the Pac-12. Pac-12 says, no, it's more valuable than the Big 12. And so now, since they're in the middle of negotiations, and I, I hear that Pac-12 is supposed to probably at some point in September, get their numbers. I would guess Big 12 will be a little later because they're a month behind or so. So we'll really know what what the value is. And I think what we're going to end up seeing probably is, guess what? The value is the same or very similar. (laughs) I think a lot of people we talk to say the value is very similar with both conferences, that it's going to be somewhere the the revenue distribution per year, per school is going to be somewhere between like the the early – low the low 30s and like the mid mid low 40s uh it'll be somewhere in there of course that's half of what big 10 schools and, and roughly half of what sec schools will get as well so that's the real big problem here obviously is uh is the gap no matter what that's that's you know growing with uh, the top the power two and everybody else the side story here is does the pac 12 expand burke magnus espn uh, said on a, I think a sports general, uh, sports business journal podcast that does not expect the Pac-12 to uh, stay at ten. Burke both knows of what he speaks and does not speak a lot unless he knows what he's talking about. This yeah. is not just someone throwing out hot takes. Very respectable guy, very smart guy. Uh, that certainly perked up ears at San Diego State, at UNLV, at Boise, and at SMU, which I think are the four main contenders. But how does that factor in? Uh, with that money there, and and is that seen as anything, or can you go get somebody? So, yeah, this is going to um, be fascinating. As Ross said, I, I, I mean, I do suspect that this is all going to come out where everybody's like, eh, we're all kind of equal here. Hmm. And it's hmm. that'd be a that'd be a powerful blow to realignment Twitter, where the the fans of of teams in each conference, the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve, have just been exhausting themselves for weeks arguing how much better and more valuable their properties are than the others. So uh, you hate to see that Uh, blather go away. Not really. TV negotiations are inherently overhyped. I mean, like this whole, we're going to have three national TV games a week. It's going to be incredible. Like, you don't want to watch the third Big Ten game. We went through that earlier (laughs) in the pod, right? Which game are you excited about? We did this over the summer. Yeah. Like ABC already shows a game at noon and at 3.30. And then ESPN show like it's never been hard to find games on TV. So a lot of the stuff gets overhyped, but unfortunately it changes the dynamics of the sport. So we need guardrails <laughs> quickly. The NCA appears ready to dismantle the IARP, which was supposed to be uh, handle complex cases quickly, but it turned out to be even slower than the other system. I don't know that it ever ruled on anything. <laughs> Pour one out. North for the Carolina IARP. State, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Mark Godfrey is the only one who's been ruled on. Okay, good knowing you. I mean, I I will say this. In the history of the NCAA, the biggest folly, obviously, is resistance to amateurism and fighting that for decades and the disastrous uh, way that that played out. The second biggest folly to me more short-term, smaller, but as was the IARP. It was the biggest debacle in recent times. I mean, just a spectacular failure. 
Condoleezza Rice was appointed by Mark Emmert to sit with all these other smart people who really knew nothing about the inner workings about basketball and fix basketball. And one of their recommendations was the IARP, the Independent Resolution Panel that would remove conflict of interest and would bring in smart people who would do things quickly. And it has been a mess, a mess. As we pointed, just they've, they've resolved one case. They have spent a <laughs> fortune. They've been in business for years. They've gotten nothing done. It's, it, I mean, like, that's, you, you want to put, told me the, the Mark Emmert, like, biggest failures, and that's a fairly uh, extensive list, but number one to me was the formation of the IARP as the investigative cure-all that cured nothing, made it worse. He's good at golden parachutes. Yeah. <laughs> Lake houses, things like that. All right. A lot of football talk so far, uh, and, and there's going to be so much going on. We'll be back uh, also with our overreaction show, probably be out late Sunday, uh, if not ready for you on Monday. want to get into one quick people's court. Uh, so uh, Justices Dellinger and uh, Forty, we have uh, a theft. We have a theft story. A man in Austin or, or thieves, thief or thieves, we don't know. In Austin, Texas, uh, getting ready for uh, clearly the Longhorn season, uh, stole 20 briskets <laughs> from La Barbecue, very famous place down mm -hmm. in Austin. The thief was filmed jumping a fence before loading the meat into an SUV at about 4 a.m. The briskets, uh, this is an elaborate one. He jumped over the side fence, cut off the barbecue pit locks. They were cooking, loaded more than 20 whole briskets into an SUV and then drove off. Uh, the value of each brisket is about 180 bucks. So we stole about $3,500 worth of brisket. Some expensive meat. A lot. Well, yeah, it's expensive meat. This is, this is top line stuff. But the level of, 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 I mean, like, this is the amount of work you put into robbing a bank. <laughs> you bring your, like, yeah, you bring your bull cutters, you of, jump the fence, you got your getaway vehicle, yeah, right? <laughs> like jewelry store. Mm -hmm. I got a haul of diamonds. <laughs> the man stole 20 briskets. Either <laughs> Either he was extremely hungry yeah. or did he resell yeah, them? What, what is like, he doing with these? Yeah, like what the hell is he doing with these briskets? That's a lot of brisket. Does he have yeah, a, I don't know does he have a 200 person well, family? You know, yeah. I don't know. I they don't know. So the question is okay, at times we, you know, we, we're, you know, stealing, not good, but we've also celebrated like the, the Bud Light Bandit, the guy who managed to carry five cases out in one hall of a Fort Worth, Texas gas station. It very long arms and was able to <laughs> just carry these five. I don't know how you carry five cases at once, but he did it. Pat Forty, is this? What is your ruling? Do you understand you, or, or is this? You know, is he guilty or is he innocent? Because hey, I mean, this much effort for some brisket is kind of a compliment. Death penalty. He's not just guilty. He's guilty of a heinous crime here. Like, look, if you run a convenience store, you understand that there's somebody who's going to come in and either rob you or steal something. Okay. That's just part of the business. If you run La Barbecue, you do not expect to be robbed blind of your brisket haul. You don't expect to have 20 briskets or 12 briskets or whatever the number is taken. And 
Like, did he toss them one at a time over the fence? Like, you know, like you're throwing babies or what? Like, how did the how did the briskets get over the fence? Did he jump over each time with one of them? And they're hot too, right? Yeah, you would think I mean, so. They're, they're like they came uh, right out of the smoker each. Yeah, yeah. I, so I'm I'm intrigued by that. So I'd like to get him on the stand and cross examine on that front. But ultimately, no. This is a hanging offense, man. This guy in Texas stealing brisket. He's got to go. It's, it's a, like if you steal a lobster out of a pot up in Maine, <laughs> you will get your ass blasted. I'll tell you that right now. Do not do that. So maybe down in Texas, this is especially, you know, meat prices are up. I mean, Justice Dellinger. One year for every brisket stolen. So, <laughs> 20 years in the pen. There he goes. Send them off. Yeah. This is crazy. I just want more details. I mean, these briskets are each pretty big if they're $180 each. And. They're hot. They're like 200 degrees, probably. <laughs> like, I'm right. just, I, I don't, and then I want to know like, what he did with them. Yeah. Uh, is there a family reunion that he was going to throw at some point, uh, some party? I'm, I'm just, uh, he's yeah, probably confused, selling but, them on the black market. He probably set up his yeah. own like camper on the it's side of the road. Brisket I stole. Yeah. yeah. Slim's, Slim's brisket shack, you know. Bizarre. Only in Texas. I have found the uh, I have found the 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 surveillance video on the internet. Oh, oh. Wow. there we go. Um, Get to the bottom of okay, how so, he yeah how he took these things. Yeah. Okay. No, he he's walking up to the pit right now. Okay. I'll do the play by play. <laughs> yeah, this this is, is my best Joe Buck. Good. Awesome. Uh, he's by the pit. Uh, <laughs> it's smoking. It's smoking. Nothing's happening. <laughs> this is a very bad podcast. Yeah, but I say this is awesome audio. <laughs> awesome. This terrific <laughs> audio, Dan. There's no audio. Oh wait, there he is. <laughs> yep, he's taking it out, and he's and he's just walking away with the. It looks like he makes twenty runs at it. Okay, all right. I don't know how many he can carry at once. Probably he's wearing a he's wearing a burnt orange t shirt. Oh, by boy. the way, oh boy, yeah, 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 yeah. Might be the the stripper monkey. What was that one? I don't know. <laughs> oh lord. Does have an orange? I don't know if it's burnt orange, but I'm gonna Let's say it's, say burnt, it's orange. burnt orange. Okay, cool. Hook him. Okay, cool. Hang them. That's what you <laughs> yeah, said. Yeah, absolutely. This is the fifth time the barbecue's been broken into really? in the last decades. Oh, so I'm wow. starting to think insurance fraud. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. Mm. I I mean, it just seems like a lot of effort to steal twenty half cooked briskets. <laughs> and can you then like get the meat back up to temperature and cook it as well as the barbecue? I don't know. But uh, he's gonna have a hell of a story in the prison yard. <laughs> he will. All right. Enjoy your brisket this weekend at the games. We're very excited. Uh, race for the case later this week. Uh, overreaction to everything on Sunday night, Monday. Uh, again, we made it. Congratulations to everybody. We will talk to you later. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.